Can we get to herd immunity? I mean, is that a possibility? Biomedical systems engineer Julie Swan is with us. And Julie, well, I'll ask you that same question. Can we get to herd immunity? Um, Well, so herd immunity, we can get it, but it takes um, a lot of people to have uh, immunity to the virus for us to have herd immunity. We think that it will take 50 to 80 percent of the population having a level of uh, protection against the virus before we'll really start to see the impacts of that herd immunity. What does that look like practically, though? Um, does that mean we got to have 80-plus percent people getting sniffles and coughing and having to, you know, to go to the hospital? Or is that just people getting mild irritation, my, minor symptoms, and, and it kind of washes out? Well, that's a great question. Um, we do think that the more severe a case of coronavirus you've had, then the stronger your antibodies and the stronger your immunity Um, But the bigger problem is that we can't control who gets a mild form of the disease and who gets a severe form. So, of course, if we all could get a mild form, then herd immunity would not be a problem. So let's all get the mild form and move on. But the problem is about 20 percent of people do have really severe outcomes, uh, hospitalization, death in some cases. So herd immunity, trying to achieve that just through transmission in communities would be dangerous. Julie Swan joins us. She's with the Institute for Operations Research and Management Sciences, also known as INFORMS. And we're talking about uh, herd immunity. Is it possible? What does it look like? What are some uh, examples that uh, we may point to in the past of of herd immunity or getting to uh, something similar to that? Well, if you look at um, uh, influenza, um, we certainly see that over time you get uh, levels of immunity built up in the population. Uh, A better example is probably vaccines, where if enough people have protection against a a disease through vaccination, then you can even protect some of the people who are not uh, vaccinated. So if you look at you know, measles, for example, you have to have about 95% or more of the population with protection to get herd immunity. And in many cases, we do achieve that with measles vaccinations. Vaccinations is, of course, something that's been making national news as of late. We had uh, uh, states being told to prepare for a vaccine possibly as early as early as early November. Uh, still, national officials are saying we could have something by the end of the year, if not the beginning of next year, widely available. Uh, but then we had another story break this week. Uh, I believe the company AstraZeneca uh, announced that they have uh, Uh, put a pause on their vaccine trials. What's the latest lay of the land when it comes to vaccines and all the different uh, uh, options that there are? Uh, Great question. So we we have seen that AstraZeneca has had to put their trial on hold while they try to understand what's going on with this person who does have some inflammatory disease or inflammatory symptoms. So we'll learn more about that in the coming days. There are still two vaccines that are proceeding, and that's from from Pfizer and from Moderna. Uh, And those were the ones that were originally on track to be out the soonest anyway, we think. Um, Although, you know, the trials still need to move forward before that vaccine will be proven to be safe and effective and then produced and, and made available to the public. So I'm widespread vaccination of the public. I'm not really expecting to happen this fall. You certainly could see some doses directed very specifically, such as towards 
uh, medical personnel who are working with COVID patients. For the majority of us, I think we won't see anything until after we ring in the new year. But are we comfortable right now with the way the testing is going and, and you know, seeing things have been kind of rushed in all of this, too? You know, I, the, the things I'm hearing are, hearing are early 2021 by the time the vaccine's massively available to the public. Are we okay with that pace or is that rushing it a little bit? Well, it really depends on what happens with these phase three trials. Uh, recently, the, uh, the heads of the uh, pharmaceutical companies that are involved in the trials did sign a letter saying that they would not rush things to market before they were ready, that they would complete those trials and look at the safety and efficacy. So, And certainly a lot of scientists will be looking at the data as well. So, um, you know, when we do have a vaccine ready and it is shown to be safe and effective, these trials are enrolling 30,000 people each. That's in the United States. There are also trials going on in other countries as well with the same vaccines and with other vaccines. When that data is there, then it will be safe for the public to take it. Julie, um, I don't know if you can comment on this or uh, if you want to not comment on this, but I mean, we got national headlines of uh, the president uh, essentially telling reporters uh, and, and phone calls that weren't necessarily broadcast that, you know, this is a serious issue. Uh, this is something that's uh, you know, more intense than the flu. Uh, and this was stuff he was saying back in February and early March. Uh, but now it's being reported that, uh, you know, he's he downplayed this. When it comes to public health uh, and an issue like a coronavirus, and we've experienced coronaviruses before in the past, like SARS or H1N1 um, in, in recent memory, uh, when it comes to you know public health and, and how to manage expectations, uh, how to possibly manage behaviors, uh, what, what's your reaction to how, you know, how leaders should convey information uh, and have we had proper you know, information conveyed over the past six months. It's um, in public health. Communication is really important. Um, You know, people may have differences of opinion on this, but I think it's important that people understand what the risks are so that they can make appropriate decisions for themselves and their loved ones. Um, What we do know now is that this virus is, Um, much more severe than flu. We know that we do not have immunity against it already because this has not been circulating in the population. And we know that it transmits at least some of the time when people do not have symptoms. So those are are really key messages that, you know, there has been some confusion about at different points in time. But I think it's important to emphasize that that is what we know now and that people should take their decisions now based on that information. When it comes to the idea of um, trying to subdue panic or, uh, you know, trying to manage those types of expectations, how important is that in all of this? Well, we certainly have seen uh, panicked uh, toilet paper buying, for example, <laughs> sure. and uh, that I was. Couldn't, I couldn't find dishwashing detergent for like <laughs> yeah. five weeks. Yeah, it was exactly. crazy. And you still can't find Clorox wipes and, and Purell sanitizer, right? Right. Um, so, so there is uh, certainly we have seen some behaviors on the part uh, of the public to to react in certain ways. Uh, that said, I, I think it's really important that we we take what we know about a disease and act on that as much as possible. So I would encourage people to look towards science uh, whenever possible and what scientists are saying about 
about the disease and use that to inform the decisions, not only for individuals and their households, but also for companies and, and government agencies. Julie Swan is with us. She's a biomedical systems engineer on News Talk on 92.7, 94.7, and 970 WMAY. Uh, Julie, let's talk about the vaccine itself. You know, obviously we've seen seasonal flu shots and sometimes they work and sometimes they don't, don't or whatever. We're in phase three of the trials with this. Uh, in your opinion, how effective is this shot going to be once this immunization is made available to the public? Uh, great question. And, you know, it may be useful to note when we get an influenza vaccine that's available in, let's say, August or September, that decision on what goes into that vaccine is made six months before because of the lead time to produce it. And so, therefore, people, the scientists and, and others are having to anticipate what they think the virus is going to look like when it's circulating and there are different strains. So when you have that for the influenza vaccine, it does vary in its effectiveness from year to year. But if you look at a disease where you know the virus ahead of time and then tailor the vaccine to that virus, you can get greater effectiveness on that vaccine. And so that's what happened with the H1N1 vaccine. We have the specific strain and we developed the vaccine in response to that strain. That's what's happening now with the vaccination being developed for COVID-19. Um, the, the hard part is, is that we have not had vaccinations for coronaviruses before. And so that's where the real challenge challenges. But certainly we're all hoping for strong effectiveness on the vaccines that will come out. And there's no doubt uh, this is a continuously evolving situation. Uh, and uh, Chris and I aren't the experts, so we're always glad to have uh, experts like yourself, Julie, to, to join us. Julie Swan with the Institute for Operations Research and Management Sciences, also known as Informs. Uh, I greatly appreciate your time. Thank you, Greg and Chris. I appreciate it.